Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ozholics podcast. We are celebrating. Wow. I mean, what it feels like to win. It feels like something that we haven't felt like in 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 so long. Um, I mean, in recent terms, it's just been an age. And I've got Mize with me to help me celebrate and reflect. All right, Mize, how's it going, mate? Uh, I'm good, mate. I'm buzzing, to be honest. Still buzzing. I mean, full time was like crazy uh the way the game ended and yeah that buzz hasn't really worn off so yeah really happy i'm looking forward to getting into this so much to talk about um just the manner of the victory the you know the reaction from the city game what this means what city dropping points against forest means and how such a bleak picture pre this weekend suddenly looks like a lot different all of a sudden and like there's just so it feels like there's so much so much to process man like um i mean geez where to start coming into this weekend my like you know where were you mentally prior prior before kickoff today yeah please tell me how you felt whilst i pour myself another drink um yeah through my continued celebration of the day today yeah. Uh, where was I before the game? Well, look, when we did, when we sort of previewed the game, um, quite like 24 hours after we just played City, I was still confident that we'd get a result. Um, I, I mean, I didn't expect the game to go the way that it did, obviously, but I was confident that we would come back with three points. But this morning before kickoff, you know, like naturally nerves started to kick in a little bit. You know, we knew Thomas Party wasn't going to be fit. And that is a, that's the concern that we've had all season, right? Um, how do we cope without him for, you know, a few games, well, without him for any period of time, really. But I I just felt like, for me, it felt like this game was a, a, a test of, like, character, a test of, like, resilience, basically. So, and really a test of, you know, are we serious about winning the league or trying to win the league, you know, and actually competing with City all the way through to, you know, April, May, or are we going to, you know, are, are we basically a top four team and that's what we're going to show. Um, and I felt like, you know, like you say, you said at the, at the top, right. Um, one point from three in a really, really bad slump, we had to show a reaction. And so that was kind of like, it was, I wasn't, I was confident, but I was also just really intrigued to see, what kind of Arsenal would turn up and would we be able to get the job done? Even if we didn't play very well, would we be able to get the job done and get the three points? That was the thing that was most interested in seeing basically. So yeah, I guess, I guess confident, but not like not as confident as I was, you know, going back to say November or post world cup. And I suppose after about five minutes, that confidence wasn't exactly going up, was it? No, no. I mean, yeah. Um, it was a bit of a theme for it through the first half, to be honest. Well, it wasn't it like we were we were really open at the back. It was it was really concerning, um, and yeah, like for as good as we've been this season, those sorts of goals, like put it like this, right? We kind of got away with it a little bit today, but I think you know going into the run in or going into the next fifteen or so games we can't be starting games like that. We can't be starting matches like that. And it was really sloppy. Like Zinchenko gives the ball away. And and I think, you know, it's different if you're, say, Martinelli, Saka, you're trying to beat a man and you you lose possession because you know you've got 
your defense behind you to cover you, right? You know you've got Zinchenko behind you or Ben White behind you to cover you. This is Zinchenko high up the pitch. He knows Ben White's high up the pitch. And it's just really sloppy from him where you can't really afford to give possession away because then we're just exposed. And that's what exactly what happened, right? One ball over the top and we just caught really short. And like I had some interest, not well, I don't know if interesting thoughts, but I had some thoughts on Saliba in terms of how he deals with, with Watkins in that situation because... <sighs> Like for me, I, th- I, th- I personally think Saliba should do a lot better. I don't know if you agree or not. I completely um, agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, his first touch, Watkins' first touch, like it takes him away from goal. It's not a very good first touch, to be honest. So he needs to get another, he needs to kind of readjust and take another touch or, you know, control the ball again, essentially, to kind of almost change his direction back towards goal. But I think it's at that point that that bad touch happens that, you know, I don't want to say an elite defender because I think Saliba probably will go on to be elite. But I think, you mm. know, age and experience wise like a Rio Ferdinand or you know whatever uh prime Van Dyke they 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 kind of sniff they sense that mistake and they act upon it and they just go in straight away and they engage the player and you know probably nick the ball away or they kind of you know show him further out towards the touchline they do something Saliba yeah. doesn't really do that and then Watkins has the opportunity to basically drive into the box and to be fair to Saliba he shows him outside which is probably what you'd want him to do and it's a really, really good finish, but I do feel like he's just not tight enough as well. When Watkins ends up shooting, Saliba's not really in a position to try and block the shot. Like he obviously tries to block the shot, but he's not really in a position to actually block it. Like he never actually feels like it doesn't actually feel like he's ever going to get yeah. like a deflection or a touch on the ball. So I think overall, just across the defense and just across the team, really, really, really poor start. Like you say, five minutes in, just not the way you want to be start, not the way you want to be starting a match like that. The Saliba, your comments on Saliba are interesting because I think when Saliba is playing well, the style that he has, it, you know, his his style is like he makes defending look easy because he it's so it feels like he's so casual. But when he's on form, he's casually dominating strikers. He's casually, you know, winning the ball, preempting um, everything. It almost feels like he's just a, a little bit ahead of everyone. This was today was an example where that he it felt like he was so casual in that in in the in the Watkins goal, like he could have got there, like almost like he was thinking it'll nah, be fine, I'll get this fine. You know, it's I think it was more lack of confidence. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying confidence thing because he didn't look like it didn't look to me when I because I was looking at it again just before we started recording. It didn't look to me like he was panicking or anything like that. It looked to me he was just like, okay, cool, strikers here. I'm going to show him here, and then you know it'll be fine. And it was just that it was just a little bit. It looked like complacent. It looked it was like a half-assed sort of attempt to block the shot, or maybe he thought the angle was different than what it actually was. Because actually, you know, Ollie Watkins had had really one one option, right, was to to drill it low into that corner. And yeah. if you're Saliba, if you're a centre back, you probably know that that's what you've got to cut off. And he's just got it all wrong, really, to me. Um, and when he does it, and when given his style, it just looks really poor. You know, it just looks like a poor bit of defending. I, I agree. And the only reason I sort of said lack of confidence or slightly low confidence, like kind of the what I was saying before, the bad touch from Watkins, I think it's at that point, I think if you're on the top of your game, that's when you go in, you you do something, you know, okay. there's some sort of action. You try and nick the ball away, you try and put it out, you put a tackle in. And I don't know, I just feel like he was a little bit, hesitant or a little bit worried about committing and then just being beaten 
and then mm. like you know Watkins has got a free run at goal but like yeah I take your point is yeah um I think that's how we saw that's the Saliba we saw at the start or first half of the season let's say he was defending like imperiously wasn't he we were raving about him as being this kind of like yeah Rio Ferdinand type, uh, Rio Ferdinand reincarnated yes, type, yeah, very classy, yeah. classy defender, and and we always said it right. You've got a, you've got to expect a period where maybe even longer than a period, maybe uh, you know a good 10, 15 games where he's just not maybe going to be at that level mm. um, because he's just so young, so still relatively inexperienced when you're talking about Premier League centre backs. Yeah, absolutely. Luckily, like that, you know, we didn't. The, the one nil didn't turn into two nil. It seemed like actually it was a fairly open game, and uh, and and Saka scores a spectacular finish uh, to equalise. And I, you know, I made the comment when we were discussing uh, on WhatsApp. It, it, it was it was it was a great finish, and it was just it, it immediately made me feel a bit frustrated about the chances we missed against City because you know this was a uh, a finish of quality. This was a finish of a really good player, a team that you know knows that you've got to take those kind of chances bang goal and it was hard it was a harder chance than many of the the the, the chances that we missed against city um but i guess you know those chances against city didn't fall to to saka and maybe that's where the issue lies what did you think about the goal um yeah. and you know what did you think that um did you think that it, it, from from you know from what had gone on to that point we deserved it or were you surprised that we got back in it I felt like you say it was quite an open game. It was quite an even game. I just felt like we we were trying, oh, not trying. I felt like our build-up play, possession-wise, you know, we were pretty strong. Um, I was quite impressed with, say, Trossard, for example. I felt like him and Zinchenko, a lot of it was going down that left-hand side. And I felt like Trossard was always just trying to make things happen, you know, constantly going at the fullback. Um, and But at the same time, I felt like every time we weren't in possession there was just this kind of like, um, yeah, openness about our defence, which it felt like they could kind of cut through us or open us up at any point. And obviously they they did that a couple of times. Um, But in terms of the, in terms of the actual goal, like I think, I don't even think he's, maybe because it's Saka and he's been doing this now just very consistently where, you know, he's obviously scoring goals and just performing. But that, for me, that goal, the technique on that strike and there were there were a few good strikes they weren't there, but the technique on that strike is it's seriously seriously good. Like because obviously he's got a lot of time to think about it, but the the ball's coming towards him. He's going he's got to adjust because it's at say like the ball's probably at like I don't know like thigh height when he hits it. Like it's it's a little bit higher than it would normally be if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you know he kind of has to it's just like a, a slight or like a partial swivel volley. The ball's not that low. And how many times, like, if you think about it, yeah, how many times do we watch football? Like, we watch games, even at Premier League level, and a player gets a chance, like, an attacking player gets a chance like that, and they just sky it. They sky yeah. it over the bar. It happens so all times, the time. Right? It happens all the time. And, it's, and, you, and, and the commentator says, that's a difficult one to keep down, That's you know, yeah. or whatever. We see it all the time. And the fact that he, you know, just the, hits it with power, hits it with accuracy, hits the roof of the net, you know, and he's, there's no, again, there's no hesitation from him. It's just like concentration on the ball, execution, finish. And like, yeah, I was really, really impressed. And, you know, the fact that it's Saka, you know, keeps delivering just, yeah, just, just love the guy, man. Does it, did you feel like, I know there was an openness to the game, like you, like you said, but did you feel, um, 
there was any difference from our from an attacking standpoint anyway did you feel that there was a difference from how we were against city do do you think that even starting trossard versus starting martinelli did that have a marked difference from from your perspective and 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 part of the reason why i'm asking you the question is um, I, I wasn't actually able to watch the game in a great amount of detail given I, I, I wasn't at home. I was out. So I was sort of like, I was watching every now and again and I couldn't get a great sense of that. Did you mm. feel there was much difference from the sort of Trussard Martinelli swap in how we, how we were fluent, uh, you know, because as much as my, you, in fact, I actually think it was you who many weeks ago on this podcast, you sort of was the first, you were the first one out of all of us who sort of said that, you know, you had heard about the theory that, um, that, Eddie has been kind of sort of detrimental to Martinelli's form, you know? And yeah. so this was the first time we got to see that, you know, a different starting pair on that left-hand side, if you like. Um, so wh- wh- what did you think about that and the difference that made? I think that, like, I think in terms of what Trossard brings, so the point you just made about the kind of link up between Martinelli and Jesus, and obviously Jesus takes up a number of different positions and almost, you know, him and Martelli could potentially interchange. Um, Jesus comes across to the left. So Martelli, it gives Martelli a bit more freedom to do different things and take up different positions himself. What, what I noticed really, well, what I was really impressed with, with Trossard today was he linked up really well with Zinchenko. I don't think Zinchenko had a particularly good first half, mm. but they seem to, how can I put it? They seem to, yeah, they just seem to link up really, really well down that left-hand side. And, and it always looked like, you know, Trossard would say pick up the ball, Zinchenko would maybe make an inside run or or Xhaka would make an inside run and Trossard was trying to pick them out or it would be the other way around or they'd, they'd be trying to play one-twos between those two or three players. And the, with Martinelli, I, don't, I was going to say he's quite one-dimensional. He's not one-dimensional, but one of his biggest attributes is you know, he's, a, he's obviously able to take players on, but it's more of a I'll knock it past you and run type take players on. Um, or he can come inside as well. Whereas Trossard, I felt like close control was fantastic. He was able to kind of drive the ball towards the goal. And then, you know, like I say, have those kind of interchanges with the other players that were supporting him. Um, I don't think overall, I noticed too much difference with how we attacked, to be honest. Like, I felt like we really struggled to get Erdegaard into the game in the first half. And that changed dramatically in the second. Um, And I felt like we didn't really... Like, Saka Saka obviously scored the goal, but Saka was involved. But at the same time, you know, I felt like Villa were trying to kick him out of the game, like a lot of teams seem to do. Um, But yeah, I I think overall, I didn't see any kind of difference in patterns of play as such um it still felt like the same kind of arsenal style of build up very very patient build up um and waiting for you know waiting for the right moment for like a three ball into Saka and then cut the ball back or go across the box and vice versa on the other side as well but I think Trossard I think the great thing about Trossard is like every time he's played now you know whether he's come on as a sub or now obviously started he's had like a pretty like he's looked positive like he's Mm. genuinely looked positive and he he he, I think this is the fantastic thing. Now that we've got two players in that position, they're obviously now competing for a starting place, and they're obviously now just upping their game. Like each yeah. of they're, they're forcing each other to up their game. So that's like just such a good. That's what you need, right? If you want to be a top team, you need that. So um, yeah, I, I was really really impressed with Trossard, and I think we didn't have the best first half, but I thought he was maybe a player that stood out a little bit more than others. 
fair. Another change that was uh, in this game was Tommy Yasu was put back on the bench and Ben White started, regained his place. Um, but the uh, the second goal from Villa, it came down Villa's, you know, the, 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 the really, I suppose the crux came down Villa's left-hand side. And f- for me, I mean, it, it looks like a really, you know, you look at the goal and the commentators on BT Sport in the UK made the comment about how it was almost an Arsenal-type goal of old. It was the sort of goal that Arsene Wenger's Arsenal used to score all the time. Yeah. And um, it, you know, it looked great from a Villa perspective, but when you look at it, Ben, for, for me personally, I felt Ben White was really poor um, yeah. for yeah, that yeah. goal. Really, really, really poor. Uh, and you know, Granit Xhaka, I felt was unlucky to be honest. Like he's unlucky. It was quite a good move. It was quite a good dummy, and then it, it kind of ends up making Granit Xhaka look a bit silly in that goal. But I still, I actually like back him to to extend. I think that could happen to anyone. It was a good bit of skill. Um, but it was really poor, I thought, by Ben White for not how he just didn't get tight. It was really basic. It was basic right back kind of play. How, how did you feel about that? Like because yeah. you would argue it's very easy, it's hypothetical. But I don't think Tommy Yasu does that. I think Tommy Yasu deals with that differently. Perhaps maybe because he's a more natural right back. But um, you know what? What what did you feel about that goal? And did you did you think? Am I being harsh on Ben White there? I don't think so. I mean, I think there were a few, um, maybe, I don't want to say players, but just zones or areas to really call out. Like the build-up to that goal, I think it's Kamara who picks he picks the ball up in the like centrally, and he just he there's no pressure on him, so there's no pressure on him. There's no pressure on the ball. Coutinho's taken up a sort of typical number ten position, so centrally, forty yards from goal, let's say whatever, and Kamara is able to just play a very simple direct part not direct just a pass into Coutinho through the middle of the pitch and then he's got all the time in the world and I think it comes back to Kamara and basically the point I'm trying to make is if you've got Thomas Partey in the team I feel like there's a lot more pressure in the ball in that area and I think Jorginho had a good game I thought um, when he was on the ball and I think even when he wasn't on the ball he wasn't bad but I think it's just the difference in the type of player where I think if you're Jorginho you're probably just, you just want to shield. If, you, if we don't have the ball, you probably just want to shield. You probably just want to try and direct the ball to certain areas mm. as opposed to trying to engage. Because Partey tries to win the ball back quickly and then releases and then Arsenal are out and we can, you know, we're potentially attacking from that position. I don't really see, I don't really see Jorginho doing that that much because, you know, he's kind of similar to Xhaka. You, you know that if a man, like if Coutinho beats Jorginho in the middle of the park, then there's no, there's no, like, he's not going to be able to recover. And I felt like we just saw that in that goal. No one really engaged. They had a lot of time to kind of pick the passes out. And then, yeah, the Ben White thing, like it was a bit weird because he seems to be in a fairly good position. And um, I think the ball goes to um, Moreno, isn't it? They're left back. Mm. And it was a through ball to him. But just before the through balls played, Ben White just sort of takes a step to the, to the right, but Moreno makes the run. And then it's just a really easy through ball. Whereas Ben White just holds his position Yeah, that, you know, maybe that ball doesn't make it through and then Kamara has to make a different decision or whatever. But yeah, like it, I mean, look, like, like I said, right at the start of just generally defending wise, we were really, really poor and yeah, it was poor from Ben White um, for sure. Um, because I'm a bit confused as to what he was actually doing. Like he didn't hold his position and he didn't engage. He just did a bit of both. And then he was just completely exposed. So yeah, that was a bit disappointing. And like you say, I can't really, yeah, you can't fault Xhaka because 
what do you, you nothing he can do and yeah, yeah, yeah we're just we're just exposed by that point and it's a it's a fairly straightforward goal for them well, are you worried about our defence at all at the moment? Because, you know, it's two goals today. It was three goals against City the other day. When we played Brentford, Brentford only scored one, but there were a couple of moments where Brentford looked like dangerous and, and kind of were were exposing us a little bit. Um, yeah. and, and Everton obviously, you know, scored a couple. Um, what, what's your, I mean, do you have a, do you have a concern? Um, yeah, uh, I do. It's not a massive concern, but slight uh, uh, i would say like a, a slight or medium concern if that makes sense i think i mean we don't know what's going on with Partey, right but like as in how how serious the injury is but let's just say he's back for leicester i think my concerns are alleviated quite a bit let's put it like that i think like i said like when i was just describing kind of my view on that that second uh villa goal i'm not saying they don't score it with party and the team but i just feel like we maybe stop that move even kind of happening much earlier on. Um, and I think that's what party brings to the team. He just protects the defence so well. So I have a concern, but, you know, I'd be more concerned if someone comes out tomorrow and says um, party's out for like a month or something, you know. So your, def- your, your, your concern is more around the protection of the back four than how the back four is performing themselves. I think so. I think individually, like we, we talked about Saliba, he didn't. I don't think he had a bad game. Did probably could have done better on the goal, the first goal. But I don't think he had a bad game. I thought Gabriel had a really good game. And there was a period. There's periods in the game, and especially I think towards the end when they were chasing it. Obviously, yeah. we we scored our fourth goal from a, from their corner on a counter attack. But there were periods where yeah, like the, the centre backs were having to kind of dig deep a little bit um, with like corners and and balls into the box. There was one Gabriel tackle. I can't remember who it was against. You probably remember it where. Villa players got it in the box and he's sort of trying to shift it to take a shot and Gabriel like manages to just nick the ball away but it's one of those if he mistimes it by a fraction of a second it's a penalty um so anyway point I'm trying to make is just kind of individually I don't think there's too much to be concerned about even though we are highlighting certain mistakes mm-hmm. um and I yeah and I think like even when you look at kind of how the defence are playing with the ball as well. It's We're still playing the same way, you know, we're still trying to play out from the back. There were, again, a couple of hairy moments today um, with, with, I think, with Ramsdale, just nothing major. But again, you've got to expect that when you're when you're playing out from the back. But no, no, no massive, no massive, massive concerns, to be honest. No, I, I, like, I don't see there being like a pattern of goals that we're conceding, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do agree, like we've conceded a lot of goals recently. Um, and it would be nice to kind of shut up shop a little bit more and be a bit tighter. But, you know, I think I said this before Brentford, we'd lost to Everton and for the Brentford game, I didn't really care how we played. I just wanted to get the three points and we couldn't do that. Right. Um, Because the three points now, even though we didn't necessarily play that well today, the win and the way that we won is just massive. Like that's Mm. huge. I know we're going to talk about that. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, confidence builds as a result of this and maybe you know performances approve a little bit and therefore you know we don't concede as many goals yeah and but look I think, I think the positive thing about this podcast right now is that we've probably covered all the negatives that we need to in this game now like because yeah. my word you know that that second half was um uh, okay, I, I say we've covered all the you know the the negative things. It was a, it wasn't like the, the scoreline suggests that um, you know, might suggest slightly differently from the, the fact that it was quite tough to watch as an Arsenal fan that second half. It was still a case of 
Are we going to do it? And even, um, you know, let, well, let's talk about the equaliser because, um, <laughs> yeah, Arsenal, one of Arsenal's strengths over recent seasons has been set pieces. And uh, so I think a lot of Arsenal fans, including myself, have started getting frustrated when we do the short corner routine <laughs> these days because, um, you know, it feels like we're going away from something that seems to have been working quite well over the couple of years. But this was a short corner routine. And um, and Zinchenko slams it, it like perfectly pinpoint bottom corner. Um, beautiful first Premier League goal. Um, I think it's his first Premier League goal full stop. Um, oh really? I think so. I think yeah. that's what they alluded to on the on 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 the commentary. I know he scored for City, but I'm not sure if that, that it was in the Premier League. But um, yeah, what 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 a great! It was a great time to score as well, right? There's enough time to then yeah. build momentum and go on. It was a good. It was a great. Well, it was a great finish, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, like you say, it was a good time to score. Like coming, we we're two one down at half time, um, and we just needed a reaction and. Was watching. I can't remember exactly when he scores. Is it around sixty minutes? Could be wrong on that. Yeah, but. yeah, it's around then. And I was like watching the first fifth. You know, yeah, basically the first part of the first, second half. Sorry, and start. Yeah, just sort of wondering: Is it going to be one of those games where it just doesn't happen for us? You know, um, kind of like the Everton game where we just never really turned it on. Basically, um, so yeah, like short corner routine. That was something we were trying quite a bit today, um, and it's just nice when it pays off. But I think. To be fair, or to be less, to be kind of um, as impartial as possible, I think if you're Villa, like if you're def- if you're the defending team for that goal, that's pretty bad defending. Like he's mm. got a lot of time to, you know, basically um, to, to to take that shot. There's again no pressure on the ball, so you know from their perspective, they'll probably be disappointed, but not that we really care. But um, yeah, like yeah, it's just nice when those like set pieces pay off or uh, like short corners and all those kind of like things they probably work on on the training ground payoff. But yeah, exactly. The, like you say, it's one of another good strike, one of many that we saw today. And yeah, like I think again, it's like Zinchenko type mentality where it's just like, no, nah, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna score, I'm gonna hit the target like with mm. the shot. I'm not gonna. It's my my opportunity to bring us back into the game. You could tell by the celebration as well. He didn't want to celebrate really. He just wanted to get. You want to get back? He started swearing. He was fired up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where where was this before, Mike? Like where was where was this finishing the last few games? You know, because this isn't just one player. This isn't you know. It wasn't like one player decided to have a standout performance. Yeah. You know, th- we were we, these were half chances. I mean, even like the Jorginho goal where we'll come to. Okay, you know, it was it. There was a, some fortune in it in the end. But like, you know, the, the Saka goals, Inchenko goal. They're two harder goals than so many of the chances that we've had in the last few games. Like, where, where was this? I, know, it, I, I, I felt really frustrated. Uh, I don't know. Well, how, how do you answer that question? I don't know. No, you can't. Honest, no, it's like, rhetorical. You can't, yeah. to that extent, no, yeah. no, no, I know. I know it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like we could talk about like the. Uh, I mean, the, the the yeah. It still it still kind of haunts me a little bit. Like to be fair, mate, there was one. You know, the Erdegaard chance today. Bloody. Oh. Hell bloody hell like I, how has he missed that and when he misses that i can't remember what the score was it 2-1 or 2-2 i can't remember what it the score was 2-2 like so two, i, I put, put on twitter like so i was so at this point we were 2-1 from the point we were 2-1 down just pause Zinchenko's goal i was outside um with my dog in my in the garden at my brother-in-law's place it was raining and i'm watching through the patio i'm watching the tv through the patio right and i'm i'm like wondering about you know we're in it. We're going. We're in a top four battle now. This is. This is. Wow. Is some. It, some fall. Like you know. This was at two one at this point. Two one. Yeah. But then even at two two, it was still like okay, cool. But you know, I still felt like 
you know, God, like when are we get, you know, we needed yeah. a, we need a win. It's not, and I saw the Odegaard chance oh. and I saw that through the window kind of thing. And yeah. you know, that was, you've got to score. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to give it to Eddie and Ketia for the chances he missed against city <laughs> and even like one or two, you missed today, like you, that chance, I mean, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, basically, I think you know, Erdogan's been let off. Let's put it like that. Like yeah, he had a good massively. second half, but the fact that you missed that chance and you just can't again. I feel like we've said this quite a few times this season, not just with him, just generally. Like you've got to hit the target. There's yeah. been a few. Like it hasn't cost us really that much this yeah. season, apart from maybe the City game. But yeah, like I was shocked when he missed that. I couldn't believe that he didn't. Like it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. No. I was really disappointed. And thank God it didn't come back to, it didn't cost us, but yeah, or like awful, awful miss. It, it, I'm, almost hard, I'm almost harder on him in this scenario than I would be on Eddie because I feel you expect that composure from Odegaard, you know, captain as well. Like he's, you know, been he's missed a few. Like I know he, he had a period of scoring quite a few goals recently, yeah. but I think start of the season, I remember he, there was a couple of chances. I remember Nero made that comment about his shooting. Do you remember? He wasn't scoring. And I think Nero said something like he really needs to kind of improve his like shot power, something shot power, shot accuracy. There was yeah. a point he made and it's probably, it was valid. And um, yeah. he did it. He did improve. But yeah, like I think there's been a few chances that he's been guilty of missing previously. So yeah. But you're right. It's one of those, you know, it's amazing how football works that way. You, you, you reflect on the game so differently depending on the result, right? Like, you, yep. and 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 as a result, <clears throat> there's lots of things about this game that we probably won't sit there and have to dwell on, and and sort of that's one of those. But um, later on, as you know, as the game's gone on, like Ramsdale's made a couple of really important saves as well, hasn't he? Like, I remember yeah. like the, the 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 first save that he made, I think, is from Bailey, which um you know he 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 hits onto the crossbar actually like at the time like when i saw it but i actually thought that well he's a bit lucky because if uh, you know uh, the way i i saw it was that if he doesn't save that then actually it's really bad keeping because it feels like it you know it's fairly close to his, his body it's near post etc but actually <clears throat> you know when i watched it again it was a really powerful strike yeah. Um, a really, really powerful strike. And Ramsdale's probably done all that he can in that respect. And, you know, if he's a little bit slower, then actually he doesn't get to palm it onto the crossbar. He he palms it and it goes straight in, in the goal. And that that save, I mean, that's that's a yeah. you know, match-winning save in theory, right? Isn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, he, he hits it with ridiculous power it's a reaction save really isn't it it's just you know put your hand up and hope for the best type thing but you know he's he's still managed to get fingertips onto it yeah like you say match winning save pro- probably um and yeah not the first time he's kind of bailed us out this season but um i can't remember the other you you're gonna were you gonna talk about another save that you made? yeah he makes, it makes another save and i can't remember who it's from but i think the important thing about that save was where he palms the ball into it was a it was i think the game at this point is still 2-2 it's still kind of i think we're on the ascent but suddenly villa have broken and um a shot comes in from the same side but i think i want to say it's watkins who takes the shot and or it might not be watkins but the point is it's it shot across the keeper and it's one of these where if he's not conscious about where he's palming the ball, mm-hmm. he palms the ball potentially in the path of one of the Villa players. But you can almost see that he's incredibly conscious of where everyone's running and where the gap is, and he's pushing the ball into that gap. 
and again that's a you know you've got to be very present it's really important that he's thinking that way not just about stopping the shot but where he's going to palm the ball to yeah um and and you know ultimately that keeps us in the game and uh and then we go on to to win the game in a like mate okay you know, maybe let's 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 take a bit. Let's build up to this. Let's build up a little bit. Let's do, there's two things I want to build up to this. There's two different directions. Let's build. Let's let's go from this direction. Let's, so this yeah. hand is going to build up from the, um, you know, the the um, <laughs> protagonist's perspective, right? Okay. So this is Jorginho. Okay, so Jorginho, you know, everyone was really worried about. You know, when Partey got injured, there was all these question marks about his signing. That you and me were very impressed with him, particularly in the first half against City. But at the end of the day, you know, we lose three one. So, um, you know, there's only so much you can cover anyone in glory. But this game, you know, he he he's there, and um, and I think you and me out of this the podcast group are probably more on the Jorginho has sort of been winning us over over the last couple of games sort of yeah. you know and, and so uh you know we, we've quite enjoyed his performances thus far um but yeah so we, we've got him coming and he barely scores i don't know how many goals he scored for chelsea i don't, know, I don't even know if he's scored apart forget penalties outside of penalties yeah, i'm not sure doesn't score goals like that yeah no he doesn't score goals like that so you've got yeah. this protagonist story of like you know this guy like he's trying to win over the arsenal fans it's in stoppage time smashing smashing this shot crazy technique i mean the ball is coming you know it's that it's the the if the saka goal was was amazing technique i mean this was you know just a like a glorious kind of cross kind of volley almost shot yep. the ball spinning and it's beautiful but ultimately ultimately it's just not good enough because it's sitting in the crossbar and all the all the kind of stanchion or whatever it is and then like let's go from the other angle for this goal right so then you've got the like anti-hero you've got uh martinez this maybe we don't have to go through the whole story again but ultimately he's not exactly he's not exactly uh, a big um um fan favorite or looked upon favorably from the arsenal faithful after the wave that his story sort of has ended and sort of progressed like with us but also what's quite interesting is actually most football fans around the world who aren't Villa fans and aren't Argentina fans tend not to like Emmy Martinez because of the character and the persona that he's kind of developed to himself. Yeah. And, and you know what, that these two paths come like crashing together for this goal, right? Ball, amazing shot smashes off the stanchion and comes back and smashes this idiot on the head and goes into the goal. You know I mean? Like yeah. it's lucky. Yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic shot to even get, you know, for the technique to hit the bar or whatever, but um, you know, to go in off the back of Martinez's head, I mean, like how poetic, how yeah. poetic is that after everything that we have been through with this guy? Um, the story continues, man. Like, and I remember, like, I was, I, I, I was. I actually didn't see the goal when it went in. I was in the process of literally again sawing oh, out no my way. dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I brought my dog. I brought my dog in, and then when I and there were everyone else had told me that there was a goal. I looked at the screen, Georgina celebrating. First thing, first thing. Without, I had no idea how this goal has gone in. I've got no idea what the goal is. I've seen celebration. First thing I do is the very unfortunate thing that we've become conditioned to do, which is what about VAR? Yeah. So immediately I said VAR. I've got no idea what's happened in this goal. Yeah. So I've just said VAR, and. And there, everyone's going. No, 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 no. There's no way it's VAR. It's um, you know, it's a, it's a, a, a great shot. Everyone was saying this, whatever. But then I could hear, you know, the commentary was on low volume, and I hear, I heard them say they're looking at something, looking at something, and you know, which turns out to be apparently they were trying to, uh, I think, wondering whether Eddie was 
blocking the the, the you know the the view. I, the I thought they were going to disallow it to be honest because he arguably was. I was quite I was pleasantly surprised they didn't. I think there was two players that were offside and Eddie was. Yeah, I mean, one really. it could have been one where they they overturned it or sorry disallowed it. Yeah. But it feels like it would have been a disgrace that we disallowed it, right? Like, yeah, well, but, we, but like you're saying, we I mean, yeah, we know, we do, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get you, I get you. But what a time, man! Like, what a time to score the goal! Like, what a time! Like, as an Arsenal fan, given what we've been through over the last few games, and you know, just feeling like their whole narrative, which was a fair narrative, was that you know Arsenal are probably going to have a patch. Are they going to be able to navigate that patch properly? And our city just going to hit the accelerator, and it just looked like that was going to happen. And City just have gone above Arsenal. Arsenal look like they're not going to win this game, and it looks like at that point, you know, is it is it lights out? Really, are we? You know, is it just blind optimism that we think that we could kind of make something of it? But that goal, that goal changes instantly changed everything, didn't it? Yeah, mate. I think you've you've pretty much kind of summed it up in terms of the goal and what it probably means or hopefully means for for us this season or at least you know on, into the next game but yeah man like it was it was a quality quality strike don't a kind of again similar to what i was saying about the Saka goal like how many again how many times do you see that last minute or whatever it was 90 plus two minutes ball comes out to you 25 yards out or 20 yards out and i mean Jorginho is a very technical player so in theory, that is the, you know, you in that sort of position, you would expect him to be hitting the target. But, you know, I mean, he doesn't technically hit the target, but even so, yeah, what a strike. Um, and just in terms of like the potential impact, like winning a game like that, as we know, the lift off that might, that hopefully does give the team now, like you say, off the back of three bad games three bad results um, that, that, you know, the kind of the, yeah, the lift off it and the, the, just the boost, the boost it must give them. Like imagine that dressing room after the game, imagine, you know, how Arteta must be feeling and, and to do it after what happened against city, you know, they had like two days to recover, two days to basically recover and prepare for the next game early kickoff on a Saturday, which was, you know, that decision is an absolute joke as well, to be honest, yeah, but yeah, it makes so, no bloody sense. Does yeah. it? Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, yeah, like you say, it felt like the game was had gone or was drifting away. You know, it felt like the three points were drifting away. So to kind of just do it in the way we've done it, um, God, like, yeah, it could, it could potentially be, excuse me, it could potentially be, yeah, absolutely massive for us. I mean, time will tell, but yeah, and and oh man, I would have loved to have been in the away end today. Wow, that would have been some some away end today, like just celebrating that goal i felt really pleased for them man like you know because the away fans have just been magnificent this season as they as they always you know are and like i think to go away to villa like after after the recent run that we've been in you could almost visualize like villa's not always a place that we've had great success i think the last you know last season i think we won um but it's not always a place and it's just like really happy for those fans to have that moment, man. They like, they deserve it so much. Um, And it was so nice to see, you know, how passionate the players were celebrating at that moment. They knew how much it was, it meant to them. And yeah, like, and and obviously icing on the cake, the fourth goal, man. Like, (laughs) I mean, like it just gets funnier with that idiot Martinez, doesn't it? Like, so, you know, he's, he's gone up for the corner. Fair enough. He probably should do that. Um, But, you know, you, you sort of pay the price. I suppose they don't care at that point. They're going to lose anyway. But it's um, 
it's nice anyway that you know you get that fourth goal and it was just that iconic image right that you know that that we yeah. we may see now right so the ball the ball gets cleared from the corner uh you know ends up at Fabio Vieira who ke- keeps his calm um very well and you can sort of hear Martinelli give the shout and he, he plays the ball Vieira plays the ball beautifully calm very well weighted um you know, pass to Martinelli, who just storms through, uses his pace, just pegs it into open space. And just before he uh, he pulls the trigger, like his arms are like stretched to the side. Uh, it's a great image. It's cool. And he scores and it's 4-2. And, you know, it's a, it's a great moment, man. Like it's a, a really cool moment. And um, and I don't feel sorry for Martinez at all, like because, um, no, no. because he's a twat. And so this is... <laughs> This is great. It it was cool. Um and it's nice for Martinelli to score. Uh yeah. coming off the bench as well. Uh yeah. It's important, again. I think, man. It could, you know, just again I I mean, just on Martinelli and Trossard, like kind of I guess maybe final point, but I wonder if I wonder if Arteta might just look at that position or the two options he's got. And obviously he's probably going to rotate. Like you wouldn't be surprised if you, you wouldn't be surprised who's with whoever starts the next game against uh, Leicester. But I wonder if he might just look at the two options he's got and be more tempted to start Trossard, hmm. but then have Martinelli as your kind of like super sub or whatever, like impact player, because, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but the thing that, you know, if you're, I don't know, you're, if you're a, a fullback or a right back and you've had to kind of face Trossard or Gabriel Jesus, you know, those sorts of players. And then yeah, you're Martinelli yeah. comes on with 20 minutes to go. It's like the last thing you want. Yeah. And, you know, and I wonder if he might just, try that for a few games and see if it works. I'm not saying it necessarily worked today in the sense that Martinelli was the impact because obviously the goal was the goal, but ultimately that, that's what he, you know, he's just rapid, isn't he? It was, it, was a, it was a very comfortable finish in the end, but it's because of his pace probably that, you know, and, and the fact that he's willing to make the run and he's got the energy to make the run in the 95th, sixth minute uh, because he didn't start the game probably uh, means he gets that goal. But yeah, like that could, that could be a really big goal for him really because their confidence has probably not been that, great or high at the moment uh, recently so yeah. yeah fingers crossed before we just reflect on what it all means i want to ask your opinion on something so Vieira's come on and he's come on for Xhaka which is the sub that Arteta's made a few times recently at varying stages of the game um you know interestingly because when we signed Vieira we were debating as to where he would play. You know, we were wondering, you know, kind of who, what's he in the squad for? Who's he back up for? Where do you think he'll kind of slot in, etc.? We had those discussions. Um, but recently it's been the, the Xhaka sub. So it's been the him coming into a number eight position. Just throwing this out there, do you see any possibility of Arteta going with this as a starting option in the game? Having having um, Xhaka benched for for Vieira and pl- playing Vieira in an eight, do you see that as a possibility? Good question. I don't think I've seen enough from Vieira yet. I don't think I've seen enough from him yet, mate. To start Premier League games, I'm not really sure. Like I know there's been moments, and like I think it was it Brentford or. Brentford away, I think he scored a really good goal. Was it Brentford mm, away? Yeah, okay, that hit the right. post. Like, yeah, really, yeah, 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 really, really good post. Season. Yeah. So, like, I'm not questioning the guy's quality. We've obviously signed him for a reason, in terms of obviously, like, you know, he he he's obviously a very good player. But I think 
unless there's like serious fatigue issues or injuries, you know, or like he's in the, if Xhaka's in the red zone, for example, I can't really see him. I can't, yeah, I just can't see Vieira starting games over Xhaka. And I think generally, if you think about Xhaka's Arsenal career, his injury record's really good. Let's touch with that. Um, But his injury record's really good. He's generally very fair. He generally plays 90 minutes most games when he was playing Mm -hmm. central midfield. So um, not really, man. Like... I think again. I think it's. Uh, I think Vieira, Trossard slash Martelli, like players like that. Reese Nelson, maybe. Just really, you know, for now, I would rather have them as like, yeah, impact players off the bench. And obviously, we've got Europa League to kind of factor in and contend with. Yeah, the other one is like Smith Rowe as well, right? Like the question you asked yeah. about Vieira, you can ask the same question of, of Smith Rowe as well. And I think he's yeah. probably more likely to maybe play more minutes or start more games than yeah. um, Xhaka on the assumption that he's, you know, he's fit. Because he was on the bench today and didn't look like at any point that he was going to be coming on. Right. Um, I guess I'll be extra careful with them. You know, extra with, careful. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so. Fair. So bigger picture. Uh, what does this mean, man? Like, how do you feel now? Because we were really, and I, you know, you, you recorded after the City game and, yeah. Yeah, I imagine that that was quite, it's quite difficult, you know, like emotionally after the journey we've been through this season to have dropped those sort of points leading up to the City game and then to have that City game and just, you know, kind of go through that. Uh, But, mate, like, you know, football's crazy, isn't it? Like, so, you know, we won today, 2-1 down, winning 4-2, and then City draw at Nottingham Forest after... The stats suggest that they were pummeling Nottingham Forest for ninety minutes. That's what the stats look like. And you, you, you watched the game, didn't you? And what, 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 what did you, you know? What have you come away with feeling after the experience? Of hey, these two I, games? I mean, they went one. So I did. So, so I didn't watch much of the first half, and I had like a fair bit of the second half on, kind of in the background. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, like yeah, exactly what you said, man. Like not just the stats, but it was pretty much just all Man City in terms of Man City, Man City playing in Forest half, Forest just sitting in behind the ball, basically just trying to not concede, um, and then trying to you know maybe take an opportunity on the counter. But it was all City, and like City didn't just have all possession; they opened up Forest quite a few. There was a there was a Harlan missed. He missed like a guilt edge chance. I think a keeper a keeper saved it. Kayla never Kayla never saves it. Comes back to Haaland and he's like a few yards from goal and he just smashes it over the bar. I think from memory. Um, and it's like, how has he missed that? And it was just it, and and I think you said it. You know, the longer it stays one nil in the group chat, you said you know the longer it stays one nil, you never know. And that's basically what happened. Like. Um, Forest just basically went up the other end. I don't, like, I can't even really remember like how that how that even happened. But ball goes across the box, and Chris Wood just on side. He just yeah, he's got a tap in. So I mean, it, it's weird with City because it's not the first time. Mm. You know, like you would have thought that they'd just you know take they'd come away coming away from the Emirates. That 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 win for them was massive. That was massive for them. I know they've been there and done it and all of that, but you know, you would think that they would just go from strength to strength. That's what everyone expected. No one predicted they'd drop any points today. So yeah, like a massive, massive bonus for us. Um I and I think it's I think I think what it shows, mate, like overall, 
I think it's just going to be, it's it's still, it's still a long way to go, but it feels like it's just going to be one of those like proper title races where it's like whoever plays first, you know, obviously they're going to try and win. If they win, then the pressure just immediately transfers to the the next team that are going to play or the team that play after. And it's like, you win, we win. Um, And it's, and you know, every time there's drop points, because we're obviously going to drop points between now and the end of the season i think it's just going to be up and down quite a lot and every weekend it feels like both teams are capable of beating anyone both teams are capable potentially of losing quite or dropping points or losing games so i'm kind of expecting a what you might call a traditional title race like back in the day when we used to be involved in them previously you know Mm. um but yeah, like, I mean, with City, the thing is today could have been like very easily could have been like 3-0 City and the game could have just been closed off. Do you know what I mean? It was just one of those yeah. games where they probably just like the chances they got, they just didn't take and they got caught um, caught by Forrest. But yeah, mate, we'll take it. We'll, do, we'll take it all day. Like you said, it's just going to happen a lot. I think um, in terms of just weekends throwing up combinations of results that you just never would have predicted coming into it but at the same time look utterly logical in some respects because you know Nottingham Forest have been a bit of a giant killer over the last year uh probably stemming it back from when they beat us in the cup when you know last season when they were still in the championship yeah it's a hard place to go so there was a part of me even thinking you know maybe they could get a result today Forest uh, but then you wouldn't have, you know, been like you say, the way the game panned out, you wouldn't have been surprised if in the end, you know, City would have won like, you know, 5 0. Um, but, you know, we've got a weekend coming up now where we play Leicester away and Man City play Bournemouth away. Now, y- you probably say that City should smash Bournemouth away. But you never know, right? Like, you, no. you just you just don't know. Like, this could, something like this could happen again. Um, so it's um it's gonna it's a it's a cliche right but like we've just got to take every game at a time right we've just got to go week by week and not get too downhearted and not think that you know have any kind of inferiority complex and not basically be like well city are just going to run away with it you know we've just got to take every game as we go and and focus on winning right because ultimately whenever we do drop points which we will you know, it, it it's not the sort of season where we've got this behemoth City team who are just winning game no. after game after game, is it? And even with United, because if you look at the table, right? If you look at the table right now, um, it it you know it does it it makes more positive reading than it did uh, pre this weekend. So you know, back on top, Arsenal, uh, fifty four points, City with fifty two points, and played a game more. So we're two we're two game we're two points at the top again with a game in hand, which just feels weird. It feels really weird after the few you know mm. games that we've had recently, right? Um, to think that we're still in that position. And Man United have played the same games as us, but are eight points behind us. Um, which you know, still you know, at this point still feels pretty pretty chunky. But if you look at like Arsenal, City, and United, and you look at their form over the last five games, they're all just patchy. It's just an mm. Arsenal win, loss, draw, loss, win. City win, loss, win, win, draw. Man United draw, loss, win, draw, win. Do you know what I mean? It's not. <laughs> these are just every week. It's just a different random combination of stuff. Yeah. 
I mean, there was one. I'm, I'm looking down the form line here. Like, you know, there was one. The, the 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 second game of each of these teams in their five game sequence was a loss. So there was, a, you know, a second game sequence where everyone lost. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just, mm. it's just a very weird season. This isn't it? Yeah. Um. Uh, and like like I was saying before, right? It just feels like a bit more of a traditional title race. Again, we're only how many games are we in? Twenty two, twenty three games, whatever it is, but it's not it does it's it's not going to be it just really yeah i looking based on how things are going currently you wouldn't expect you don't expect it to be one of those seasons one of the seasons that we've been seeing recently sorry with man city and liverpool where they just both push each other to like ridiculous mm, points levels yeah. and no one loses a game like you lose one game and you're out of the title race it's it doesn't look like it's going to be that kind of title race which i think it probably is a good thing for us because ultimately arsenal we have not been here before um it's just such a young team, inexperienced manager. Like every time we lose a game or every time, you know, like the Brentford game where we didn't get the win, you're learning, they're learning something from that, right? It's an experience. It's a learning experience. Every time something goes wrong, player makes a mistake, whatever it might be. And I think to be honest, that kind of title, like if we, if we had a Man City, obviously where they were going to hit 90, 95 points this season, there's no, like, I can't, I don't know, I'd be shocked if Arsenal could get to that sort of level. Like, I don't think we would be able to cope with, right, Man City have won on the Saturday, we play on the Sunday, we have to win. Like, I feel like that pressure might be a bit too much for us over a long, you know, 38-game season. So it might lend itself quite well to to us in terms of us being able to kind of cope with um, the demands of, you know, like basically having to, to almost try and win every game. Mm. Um, knowing that, Man City are not the Man City of the last few seasons and Man United as good as they've been as well like you say there's still a gap between us and them and they will drop I think a decent number of points between now and the end of the season so yeah man like it's just it's like you say we always look at them we're going to look we talk about Bournemouth we talk about Leicester as the next games for for us and City coming up and obviously United have got Leicester tomorrow who the hell knows like you just don't know um so yeah, I can see it being pretty unpredictable, but um you got to you got you got to wanted to be a fly on the wall in the city changing room post game today, right? Because you know, Pep threw the gauntlet down to his players a few weeks ago and it looked like masterclass in management in how they sort of, you know, they went and they beat Villa was it and then they came and beat us, you know, showing their class in critical moments lowest possession they've ever had under pep against you know was 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 against us 37% just dogged and then and then you know they 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 made the difference clinically and for all that to then go to forest and completely dominate like in the way that you described mm. and not win the game what do you think pep must be saying what's to must have said to them you know, at the end of the game like he must be furious surely to have built them up to the point where they could come to our backyard and beat us 3-1 beat the best team in the league this season which we have been beat us 3-1 mm. and then go to forest and, and, I think, and, and not win. yeah i mean i think internally as in within within himself he'll be furious obviously but um i think maybe with in the dressing room with the players like the kind of feeling i get from him is he'll he'll it's not i don't know i was going to say take the point and move on because it not really the case but it's almost like right forget about that one let's just do what we know we're able to do against Bournemouth for example if that's the next game they've got like I I, I don't think he'll be kind of laying into the players if you know what I mean because I just don't think he's that sort of manager 
I think he probably takes more of his frustrations out on like the media and in his interviews and some weird comments this you know the last few weeks about the fans that kind of stuff. So I think he'll probably protect the players. Um, Arteta is quite similar in in that in that sense. I know that like what we saw from Arteta in the documentary, you know, he does go for them. But um, yeah, I think it's more a case of he'll probably just probably just make them realize or make them see that you know these games happen in the Premier League, but you've just got to move on from it and, and and you know, go go get the three points in the next one. And that's basically what we need to be thinking as well, right? As soon as we have a disappointing result, you've just got to go and try and get three points in the next one. It's just going to be, it's just going to be who can be the most consistent. That's what it's going yeah. to come down to, obviously. Completely, mate. Can we take a moment just to, to reflect on some stuff, some other stuff that's happened in the league uh, today? Because we have a weird day today in the league because... Out of the three o'clock kickoffs, it took ages for a home team to score. Like I think yeah. I don't think a home team scored in the first half, and that was surprising given some of the some of the fixtures. Probably the in the end the most surprising result that happened was you know, Chelsea losing one nil to Southampton at home. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the league, Southampton managerless Southampton um it actually completely bypassed me that um the Jesse Marsh negotiations had fallen through I didn't realize that I thought that you know that was that was happening but clearly clearly not I was corrected about that today uh so managerless bottom of the league Southampton absolute mess go away to Chelsea who yeah okay they've been a bit of a mess but they spent like you know quarter of a bajillion like billion zillion dollars and yeah, Potter's got to be in trouble because I, 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 whenever I've said that we've talked about this before, I've, I've just sort of thought that um, no, look, they've they're going long term with Potter. You know, they, they, he's been appointed mid season. You know, sort of mid season, I sp- suppose. Well, you know, technically, it's after the season that was started that he was appointed. Um, they've hired all of Brighton's backroom staff. Uh, clearly, this is a long term play. But if you lose at home to the team that's bottom of the league who don't have a manager after you spend that kind of money, is there like a, is basically, is there a point where as a owner, you kind of go, hang on a minute, long term or not, this is a bit weird. Mm. I mean, only, only Todd Bowley knows, right. In terms of if this was uh, Abramovich's Chelsea, yeah, like absolutely. He would just get, he would just get the ax, wouldn't he? Um, I don't think Abramovich has the patience or had the patience for, um, you know, any sort of kind of bad run of run of games. Um, so yeah, I think tr- I say traditionally, but you know, the last ten or fifteen years, I, I would say so. If you're Todd Bowley, I fucking like I, I don't know, man. Like I don't know. It, it, it's it's like if you compare it to, I mean, it's different. It's different to what happened with Arsenal and Arteta, right? But obviously, Arsenal had that period under Arteta, you know, right at the start. Where do you remember like there was that seat this couple of seasons ago? You know, I think yeah. we were like 15th in the league. And obviously, look, we stuck with him because there was a plan, because he was the guy that they wanted to back. But obviously, he wasn't backed in the transfer market like Chelsea have been. So yeah, it's difficult to compare. But I guess look, if they're looking at it like that, and they might even just look at the Arteta example and say, yeah, it's going to be some pain for a season or fairly short term, but we really, really think, you know, he knows what he's doing and he's the guy to kind of take us 
back to the top or, you know, whatever you want to call it, back into the top four or to winning trophies again, then maybe they just back it. Like, you know, maybe they do stick with them. And, you know, really this season for Chelsea, yeah, they probably have made, I mean, they could still get into the top four, mate. This is the thing, right? They're still, they're what? I think they're like 10 10 points off the top four. Yeah. They could, like Newcastle seem to be faltering a little bit. Yeah. And there's a lot of teams now probably looking at Newcastle and like on the assumption that Arsenal, City and United top three whatever order that comes in you'd probably say that's your top three so there's one more place left i think chelsea will there's probably no confidence that they they can get top four but they'll still be looking at it from a points perspective and saying well look you know if we can go on a little bit of a run get a number of our players back fit that have been injured for a while and i think like a lot of them have come back like reese james is back now for example and he's a massive and chill i think they're massive players for the way that chelsea play mm. um you know they How might be looking reese at james there today though he wasn't Oh, right. was he not? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, well, he was back last week. I mm. don't know. I'm not sure, actually. I'm not sure. I think Thiago Silva was injured as well, but, or sorry, wasn't, or didn't play either. But um, yeah, man, like, I, I, Chelsea's such a, I mean, how do you, I don't know. Like, Chelsea's such a, like, weird, not weird, but, you know, the way that they make, the decisions that they make and the way that they do things is, like, very unpredictable and very, like, just not Arsenal like, right? So it's quite hard to understand, unless maybe you're a Chelsea fan. Um, kind of what their thinking might be. But look, obviously, look, if he just keeps losing games and you're losing, like you say, to the bottom of the league team that can't beat anyone at the moment, then yeah, like pressure should be on. But I remember, like I say, three years ago, whatever it mm. was, we were watching Arsenal losing to some pretty average slash poor teams, losing at home um, in games that we shouldn't have been losing, really bad performances. We couldn't mm. get a goal. Like it was, it was awful. It was really bad. And we were sitting there thinking, geez, is this the guy for us? Is this the guy to actually, you know, like, and I think we didn't, you know, between the three or four of us, we did talk about it, you know, is it time for him to go sort of thing? Cause this is not working. So, you know, um, it's difficult to, it's difficult to, to say, cause things can change quite quickly in football. And in two, three, four months time, it could look very, very different. Yeah, I, I I get you, and and then maybe there's there'll be a feeling at Chelsea that they'll think that clearly all the spending that they've done in January, I don't think they would have factored. I, I don't think they would have done it and assumed that they were going to finish top four this season. There's this running joke that's doing the the rounds on social media, right? Which is, I'm sure it's a joke. I'm sure it's a joke, but it kind of was going the rounds again today, which is the whole thing about how you know, there was some kind of agency or whatever that overheard a conversation. So there was a, there was a journalist that overheard this conversation with Todd Bowley and a bunch of um, agents at some kind of Chelsea event. I don't know what the specific nature of the event was. And there was something about, I think he was asked about, you know, whether he has any concerns about the season or something like this. I don't know if you heard this. And, and apparently like what Bowley said is something like, well, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because we qualify automatically for the Champions League. Oh, I saw this. Something like this. That, this was a few weeks. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's come back around. It came back around today as well. I'm sure it must be a joke. I'm sure it just must be like something ridiculous. But but here's the thing. Whether that's a joke or not, I assume that part of this financial overlay, from a pure FFP perspective, they've obviously pulled a bunch of levers and you know they've used the eight-year contracts or whatever. But... But like, you know, I'm sure there is a requirement that over the next couple of seasons they get back in the Champions League. Now, if they end up finishing outside of any sort of European football, which, 
you know, it could happen this season. You would argue that maybe there's a there's even better chance of them being in the Champions League next season because clearly, like, they've already signed a whole load of players. They've signed a lot of talented players. Potter will get to work with them for, um, uh, you know, for for, for another um, uh, another window, another summer window. Get some more players in, and then they kind of get a free run at it, if you like. But you probably get you might start to panic a little bit if you're Bowley, surely. Like you might start sort of sit there and go, well, you can't, you know, you can't. Do you risk basically? Do you get yourself in a position where you get to the end of this season and you have to think about looking for another manager, and then that other manager might come in and think he wants different types of players? And how long can you sustain not being in the Champions League for? You know, maybe we shouldn't overcomplicate. But is there any? Just quite simply, I mean, do you have any? Is there any part of you that thinks that Potter could lose his job this season? Yeah, yeah, and I think I think there is. I think like yeah, I definitely think he's at risk. Like just purely based on results, and they've won like two games in fifteen or something. Um, yeah, like absolutely awful, awful form. So, and I think given like yeah, the spending and where Chelsea have been, you know, in recent years, like they've basically been pretty consistently either in the top four or kind of competing for trophies. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if the, uh, it, it, his job, like at some point, if he carries on like this, I guess his position probably becomes untenable, you know? Um, so, but it all depends on like, what's the, like how far is Bowley, Bowley willing to let it go before, like how bad is he willing for it to go before he kind of pulls the trigger? And I guess also, look, if, if you think about it, he's, you know, they must have an idea, not an idea, they must have like a short list of other managers that potentially might be available over the next 6, 12, 18 months, right? It's kind of like a transfer target list. Um, and if they think they can get an elite manager, they can obviously pay him the wages. They can pay, you know, probably best best wages in the league. Jose back? Jose, Pochettino, I don't know. There's probably a few names, right? Um, yeah, so so they 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 may just yeah uh, may maybe it's a timing thing as well if a if a manager becomes available that they really really like you know maybe that's because the fine. difference is you know you 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 made the comparison to how we felt at the low times with Arteta and I agree there were times that we were you know evening us even us who you know have been always very pro Arteta you know we were, we we were wondering at one point you know would the owners think that enough's enough but I think that. What we at least always saw was that there was something that Arteta, there were things that Arteta was trying to implement and there were things that he was trying to do. And whether they were working or not was slightly, was a different thing, but it felt like there was something that he was trying to do. Um, looking at all the reaction from Chelsea fans on social media, mm. uh, particularly after today, I think their furiousness is that they've just got no idea what he's really trying to do. Really? And they've got no idea about the system that he's playing. They have no idea why he's playing certain players in those positions in the system. Like nothing seems to make sense to them. And I know it's not been that long, but you've got, you know, you've got a squad, like you've got a massive squad. So you've got like all different types of components you can use, but they seem to not think that anything makes sense. And clearly losing at home to Southampton is, yeah, it's mad. So I wonder for that reason, whether, you know, they sort of think, well, it's not like the Arteta situation. Yeah, possibly, possibly, man. Like, yeah, I just don't know with these with these owners, right? With these owners that, like Abramovich, for example, when he was in charge of Chelsea, it was just yeah, like hire and fire, and obviously it would just be like this constant, um, 
you know, just change of manager all the time. And they were able to attract elite managers still, even though people knew that they'll be coming into the job and probably under pressure after a couple of bad results. So yeah, I, mean, I don't know. You, you have to get into the mind of the owner to understand what he might be thinking, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, he doesn't last the season though. Agreed. Just before we finish up, should we just quickly um, do a very quick previous, a very, very quickly just shout out to Mo Bay in the comments. who's joined us for a live uh, episode for the first time and he's been a supporter for the podcast so cheers mate cheers mobile I hope you're good um, happy for you being able to experience this success with us <laughs> you're a good guy and uh, let's just look so, so Leicester we haven't got a game uh, midweek uh, but but we've got Leicester and then I think I think I think we've got uh, a succession of games and afterwards right we've got Leicester and then Everton and then mm-hmm someone else who's someone, else. someone else but basically yeah it's a little thing so uh Leicester away what do you think so Leicester have got Man United tomorrow as um Aaron and did mention in the comments you know it would be fantastic if Leicester can do us a favor tomorrow against United and then completely screw up when we play them <laughs> how do you feel about that do you think Leicester have got a chance against United tomorrow and then do you yeah. fancy us against them um do they have a chance against United? Yeah, I think so. They've sort of picked up form again. Oh, I will say again, but they seem to have picked up a little bit of form in the last few games um, compared to, I think, because they started the season, but they were really bad, weren't they? They were like that right down the bottom, if memory yeah. serves me right. Yeah, um, they were. You're right. Yeah. And they've won yeah. their last two games. They won the last two. Beat Spurs last game. I think they're scoring some goals now as well. So they absolutely have a chance against United. I don't, I still am not sure about United. Like I know that they're in really good form at the moment and especially Rashford's just absolutely smashing at the moment. Like he just seems to be like every game he plays, he's scoring a goal or yeah, basically it's just, he's just not, he hasn't stopped scoring since the world cup. But like we showed, I think we like when we played United, I think we showed that. Well, basically we, well, form suggests it and points suggest it, but even performance on the day that we are a better team. I I guess point I'm trying to make is I I don't feel like United are unbeatable. They're just in really good form. And I think Rashford's just on this like hot streak. Um, But I think they, I think definitely, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily predict Leicester to go there and get points or get a result because like I say United are just doing really really well at the moment and I can see them winning at Old Trafford all the rest of it um but fingers crossed they drop some points in terms of us playing them next week um it's another it does it's another tough away game but you know it's it's again the kind of game I mean, every game, like it just feels like we say this for every game right it's the kind of game that you have to win if you want to win a league title so I and we've got a week's rest, which I think is quite important because we've had two, well, let's say three, three games in a week, pretty much. Brentford, City, and then Villa today. A week's rest could could be massive for us when you think that Thomas Partey could come back. I don't, we don't know, we don't know, but it sounds like it, it's not a serious injury. So, you know, Thomas Partey possibly back in, maybe a player like Smith Rowe, kind of ready to come off the bench if we need him um you know just and and the rest could just be re- really really important but in terms of in terms of Leicester like i think we've got a pretty good record at uh, away at Leicester um yeah i think it is a, i think it's okay as well and i think probably what's going in our favor is that Leicester are well you know this season anyway have been awful at home they've been so so yeah. so bad at home so but the, i think the only team worse than Leicester at home is Southampton um this season uh, so they're like, yeah, that, if I can get up right now. Uh, yeah, they are the they are they're nineteenth in terms of home form. They're the 
the only team worse is Southampton. So they've taken 12 points at home this season from 11 games. That's like really bad. Um, So, uh, you know, in our favor, I guess we've got that. And I don't think it quite works like that though. Right. I think that ultimately like they were just generally in poor form. Like you said, at the beginning of the season, they were just generally in poor form. Uh, but um, but I think, like you say, I think your point about us having quite a good record at Leicester is important. I think we'll have good memory from from Leicester, and the fact that they they aren't at home will will help. I think the confidence in our team, and they're actually okay um, uh, away from home. They're sort of around they're mid table in terms of kind of the uh, the away form. So therefore, them at United, you'd hope maybe they they might be able to get a, a, a result. Maybe Man United might be a little bit tired from playing from midweek as well, you know, playing uh, yeah. their, their Europa League game and, and having to come from abroad. We we can hope. But um, give me a give me a prediction about uh, Leicester. What, what do you think the, the Arsenal-Leicester result's going to be? Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go positive. I'm going to go three two again. Uh, I say three two again. I'm going to go through. Not again. Three two. I'm going to go three two. Um, I yeah. I mean, I keep having this in the back of my mind. This like Thomas Partey thing. It's just it's just so vital to us. So vital, as we know. Um, and like my confidence might go up a fair bit if we find out during the week that he's fit. And on the flip side of that, if we find out that he's injured for a little while, then you know my my confidence in us getting results in these like away games drops a little bit, but like, I think we're, I think, yeah, like you say, I mean, Leicester mid table team this season, they've got some really good players, um, players that I really like actually Madison Barnes, Ian Atcho, players like that. I, I, I do quite like um, some of the players they've got, but I think we like, again, it's just a game that a team that you just have to kind of, again, dispatch and move on to the next Um and it's this run of games that we've got now. It started today. We've got like very winnable fixtures on paper. You know, it's Everton uh, after Leicester. It's Everton. Then it, I just checked. It's Bournemouth at home. Like these these games, you just have to get the three points. Um, and it's that period of the season, man. Like where performances matter because they just matter. Like you know, you can't r- ride your luck or you can't expect to be winning games playing badly for a for a long period of time. Obviously, but at the same time, you know it's like a period where there's a lot, there's obviously a lot of games. Europe's come back now. I know it hasn't come back for us, but it will be back in a, a couple of weeks or so. And you just kind of start got, a, you've really got to churn out results when other teams do stuff like what happened today, you know, Villa, uh, sorry, city drop points. We were able to go and beat Villa. That's potentially crucial when it comes to end of the season. So yeah, but I think overall, man, I think look, Arsenal, I feel like we're, not necessarily back on track yet, but this win should be massive for confidence and it should be massive for the players actually realising, okay, we went through a bit of a bad run, but we've come out of that now and we did what we needed to do today. Let's go and do it again against Leicester. So I'm kind of thinking from a mentality-wise and morale kind of standpoint, we we should be in a good place. So I'm going to go, yeah, 3-2 Arsenal. I like it. I'm going to go... Oh. I was going to go three one, but I'm going to go two nil, just to just to be a little bit different from your three. <laughs> so so you think uh, we'll I think we'll win. Uh, yeah, like I think I think 
I think that, man, I think today would have given us so much confidence just coming back. And I feel that therefore training this week, I can imagine at Arsenal, like they'll be really focused again. That 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 kind of feeling of inferiority or that feeling of self-doubt may may have been dissipated a little bit. And I think they'll be really focused on training. And I think Arteta will will drill them really hard and get them really focused. Um, look, I, I fully expect City to go beat Bournemouth. Um, but um, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I I think yeah, I think I think we're all in. So, look, man, let's hope. But um, look, I think we'll we'll, we'll wrap up there. Uh, man, it's been really fun reflecting. It's been a, a few games since a win, and now this win is just very timely and in what dramatic fashion. And we're still in the title race, brother. We are, mate. Long mate, continue. I just yeah. Oh, don't want to start dreaming, but yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens. But yeah, it's looking it's looking game by game, bro. Game by game. game. Yeah. Everyone, thank you for joining. Uh, Thanks for joining us in the comments, guys. And thank you for everyone who's been joining the live stream and everyone who will listen to afterwards. Please like, subscribe and share. Uh, Really appreciate all your support. Have a lovely weekend, Arsenal fans. Uh, You deserve this. We deserve this. And carry on drinking like me. It's Saturday night. Take care, man. Easy. See See you, guys. Bye-bye.